the Sex and Spirituality Podcast is a show where we have real deep conversations about everything from love, sexuality, trauma, metaphysics, and healing. I am your host, Lauren Coletti, a feminist poet and grad student studying forensic psychology with a study on sexual health. As a domestic violence and sexual abuse survivor, I hope these vulnerable conversations inspire you to take an introspective look at yourself to help better your life and the people around you. Thanks for listening. You all know how much I adore, absolutely adore meditation. And I always encourage all of you to engage in self-care like yoga or meditation rituals. As a certified yoga instructor and meditation teacher, I am so excited to announce my collaboration with Bloom, the meditation app. Meditation is crucial in our self-healing journey to promote relaxation and better our sex relationships, and everything in our everyday lives. So if you are struggling with mental health, anxiety, or stress, a daily meditation, even just five minutes for beginners, helps to stay calm and grounded throughout the entire day. People over at Bloom app have given me a seven-day free trial for my listeners. Enter the code BLOOMERS when you download the app. That's B-L-O-O-M-E-R-S. I will link that in the show notes today. Welcome to Sex and Spirituality. I am your host, Lauren Coletti. It is Monday, 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 and I wanted to record something in case I do not have time this week to sit down and record an episode. So I wanted to talk today, since it is Mental Health Awareness Month, about something that has been kind of in the front and center of my life. And that's kind of my disordered eating behaviors and my struggle with my body image. Um, Many of you know I struggled with a 10-year-long battle with bulimia, and I was diagnosed with an eating disorder at the ripe age of around 13 by a school psychiatrist, psychologist, and later on went to get treatment for it. And I'd say it was at its worst when I was about 17 and 21 years old. I was binging and purging and just compulsively exercising and taking diuretics and laxatives and fat burners. And I spent all of my money on these things and like, like laser lipo. I was just completely obsessed with my appearance and this belief I have deeply ingrained that if I'm not skinny, if I'm not pretty, I'm not lovable. And the only way to get power as a woman is to look sexy and to stay fuckable. And once my youth is gone, well, it's over for me. And I would always hate other girls because I am not a petite girl. I'm kind of built like Serena Williams, although I'm not as talented. And for me, I've, it's been hammered into my head that femininity is desirable and I'm not desirable because I'm tall and it makes me feel masculine. And it's always been an ongoing battle and an uphill struggle to lose weight. And once I lose weight, then I have to worry about keeping it off. It's like, I've never been good enough in my mind. And when I'm not good enough, this makes me think I'm not deserving of love or happiness and other people are entitled to good things, but I'm not due to my appearance. So this has kind of been 
at the forefront of my mind. And I wanted to talk about my experience with eating disorders and OCD, um, as well as the comparisons and the differences between OCD and body dysmorphic disorder and binge eating disorder, which there isn't a lot of media or education drawn to binge eating disorder because it's seen as a character flaw. It's seen as a personality trait that you're weak and you have no self-control. And I was kind of talking about this in my last episode, my Q&A regarding emotional eating. So first we'll start with BED, binge eating disorder. Um, I used to take Vyvanse for this, and I completely forgot about this because Vyvanse is the first approved, I think it's a stimulant. It's not a amphetamine, I think, but it's also used in ADD and ADHD. And I used to take Vyvanse for my binge eating. I do think it helped a little bit, but at some point I came off of it due to insurance reasons or just feeling like I didn't need it anymore. But it's interesting because I've been struggling with a mix between bulimia and EDNOS and binge eating for a great amount of time now. And binge eating disorder is is serious. Um, I've also been diagnosed, quote unquote, with orthorexia. Um, and they changed EDNOS to OSFED, other specified feeding or eating disorder. And it's just all consuming, right? So if you're a first time listener, you have no clue what I'm talking about. These eating disorders are mental health disorders and they really impact our overall life satisfaction, our physical health, and our mental health. And binge eating disorder is severe. It is treatable, but it's also life-threatening. And this includes recurrent episodes of eating large quantities of food, often very quickly and past the point of discomfort, and feeling a loss of control during your binge. So it's experiencing shame, distress, guilt afterwards and not regularly using unhealthy compens- like measures of compensation i.e. purging afterwards to counter the binge eating and this needs to be discussed because it is literally the most common eating disorder in the U.S. and the reason why I would say I no longer have bulimia it's more binge although it kind of shapeshifts is because at one point I was frankly way too lazy to engage in purging or restriction afterwards or x y and z right now it's been manifesting kind of as an obsession about my weight and even over exercising i found myself working out three hours the other day um because if you're a religious listener you know i plan like this photo shoot for nick i wanted to do a boudoir photo shoot for him and i just feel this pressure to look and feel sexy And when I have a pressure, I will quite literally do the opposite. And so interesting because I had joined CrossFit a couple years ago. I was a CrossFitter and I partook in this challenge where you had to spend like $400 to join the challenge. But if at the end of 12 weeks you lost, I don't know, five pounds, 10 pounds, you didn't have to pay for it. And I, I'm just making up numbers. Let's say I started the challenge at 160. By the end of the challenge, I was like 200 pounds. Like I gained all of this weight because I felt this immense pressure, mostly psychological that I put on myself and I lost control. So it was so funny because last month I went to Florida with Nick and I started back on keto and I really stuck to my keto plan because I wanted to look good in Florida. Well, now... I have this added pressure of one, I'm going to Tennessee next week, and two, I'm scheduled this photo shoot, 
and it just feels too much and it's been quite consuming mentally taking up a lot of mental space that I've been not on my keto grind so it just sucks it's mostly self-sabotage I'm aware of this um but I wanted to talk about it because it's just so ironic the way things work out um And I just thought that binge eating and body dysmorphia and OCD, um, they all have similarities and things in in common. So a lot of people with binge eating disorder um, eat much more than normal. They eat till they feel uncomfortably full, even when they're not physically hungry. A lot of times I would eat alone because of how embarrassed I was about how I was eating, what I looked like when I was eating. And then I would feel so disgusted and depressed and guilty afterwards that it would like be this cycle that I feel a lack of sense of self-control. And then I, it would spiral me to not be able to stop or control how or what I was eating. Um, and it's just, it really sucks. And it's really hard to get out of, quite honestly. Um, it's just super distressing and it's all these thoughts and ruminations. Um, there'd be times I'd be binge eating every single fucking day. Like it wasn't like it happened once a week, twice a week, three times a week. It would be happening all day, every day. Um, food would just disappear, large quantities of food. Um, and then I don't know, it's like not eating in public or hiding food, stealing food, storing food. It's like a ritual. And then it makes you withdraw from your friends and your family. Um, A lot of times people with these eating disorders will overcompensate through extreme diets or trying all these different things, whether it's paleo, veganism, for me, keto. It's just a, and you think it'd be like the opposite, but people that tend to be overweight or obese are very concerned with their body weight and shape. And this is something that really pisses me off about society, thinking that just because someone's skinny means they're healthy. Oftentimes people that are overweight or obese are working out at the gym, busting their ass like 10 hours a fucking day, restricting, following meal plans, calorie counting. It doesn't mean they're not healthy. The shape of your body doesn't mean you're not healthy. Someone that's overweight could be so much more healthy than someone that's underweight. It's all genetic, my friends. This is something that a lot of our society doesn't understand. And even my boyfriend, I get so frustrated because he's like, well, babe, if you want to change the shape of your body, just work out. It's like, bitch, I've been working out for the last 15 fucking years. Like I can't change the physical structure of my body. I'm never going to be like a tiny petite girl, no matter what I do. Some people are just genetically predispositioned. They could eat 10,000 calories a day and they can't gain weight. There's people that could eat a thousand calories a day and they can't lose weight. It's like, if calories in and calories out was so accurate and successful, then all these people wouldn't constantly be gaining and losing weight in all these diets. So I just had to get that out of the way because that's probably one of my biggest pet peeves. But I want to address today the fluctuations in weight and the physical repercussions that these eating disorders can have on our bodies. It can make us not be able to concentrate. It can lead us to feel depressed and have mental health issues, these food rituals. Um, It can lead to isolation and feelings of low self-esteem. And there's so many consequences health-wise, like obesity, weight stigma, weight cycling, yo-yo dieting. Um, Most people who are labeled clinically obese don't have 
binge eating disorder. However, of the individuals that do have it, up to two thirds are labeled clinically obese. Um, but people that can struggle with either bulimia or binge eating tend to be normal or just a little higher than average weight. Although, you know, it could differ obviously for everyone. And for me, I think I would say I have body dysmorphic disorder. I was at one point diagnosed, although that it's been like seven years, but this is still another mental health disorder that goes hand in hand with eating disorders where you cannot stop thinking about one or more quote unquote perceived effects or flaws in your appearance, a flaw that appears minor, but maybe can't even be seen by others. And you might feel so embarrassed or ashamed or anxious, as in my case, that you even avoid social situations. And when you have um, BDD, you tend to intensely focus on your appearance appearance and body image, sometimes checking in the mirror, grooming, seeking reassurance at sometimes even hours a day. And your perceived flaw and the repetitive behaviors can cause, again, significant distress, which might impact your ability to function in your daily life. So you might seek out numerous cosmetic procedures to try to fix your perceived flaw, and then you may feel temporary satisfaction or reduction in your distress, but often the anxiety returns and you can resume searching for other ways to fix your perceived flaw. So for me, the way that this has been popping up in the last couple of weeks is I recently went on Nuvering. It's caused me to gain quite a bit of weight because I'm hungry all the fucking time. And it's caused my acne to just outbreak again. So I've been so distressed about it. I can't even look in the mirror sometimes. And it's like I've dealt with this way more severely in the past. But I realize it's still something that I haven't quite yet conquered. Because even so, like... I found myself the other day looking up butt augmentation, I don't know, like a Brazilian butt lift, and I am super opposed to cosmetic surgery or plastic surgery, Um, and I know that doesn't make me sound very feminist, but I believe that it just perpetuates the objectification and the misogynistic views and the sexualization of women, and then all women think they have to look a certain way, and if they don't look this way that something's wrong with them and it's all like we're trying to fit into this box of Barbie. So I don't support that. But I even found myself looking into it and thinking, oh, well, if I look this way, I'd be sexier. Oh, if I look this way, Nick would like me better. And it's just comes down back to being a perfectionist and these perfectionistic tendencies, Um, maybe even avoiding getting naked in front of your partner. It can impact your sex life, Um, social situations, constantly comparing your appearance with others. And I even think Nick, my boyfriend, has a little bit of this because he seems like extremely preoccupied with his quote unquote flaws that to me, like I love him, but I can't see anything that he thinks is wrong with him. So it's just taking note, a special note in our appearance in a negative way or just mocking ourselves and engaging in these behaviors aimed to try and hide or fix um, that it might even become difficult to resist or control. I don't know if any of you notice um, know this about me, but I used to have trichotillomania, um, like this constant picking at my skin and pulling out of my hair. I don't have that anymore, but it does kind of come back to OCD. 
and these tendencies, these preoccupations, these excessive thoughts and repetitive behaviors that could become so difficult to control and unwanted and so time consuming that they could actually interfere with your social life, your work, your school, your sex life and other areas of functioning through excessively focusing on our body. And it's just really sad. And it doesn't just occur in women, you know, for males, it could be being preoccupied with, oh, I'm too small. I'm not muscular enough. I'm not tall. Like men go through this shit too. Um, And it's important to have insight about, you know, these behaviors and these thought processes in order to recognize that or even question and challenge ourselves is this true we think this is true we're convinced this is probably true but you know what give some space it might not be true so obviously what we could do about this if this is making you feel suicidal in any way shape or form please see a doctor please call the national suicide prevention hotline go to your local emergency room right away um reach out to a loved one a friend um a minister, a spiritual leader, someone of, you know, in your faith community. Um, it's not your fault. You know, this typically starts in the early teen years, does affect both males and females, especially if you have obsessive compulsive disorder, especially if you had negative life experiences like childhood teasing. I went through bullying pretty severely, neglect, abuse. If you tend to be more of a perfectionist, societal pressures or expectations of beauty that you may not fall into, which is okay because you know what? We're all unique. And also if you have a comorbid disorder like anxiety or depression or an eating disorder, um, this can result from so many issues, family history, abnormalities of the brain, negative evaluations or experiences of your body or self-image, especially also if you have substance abuse. Um, So any mix of disorders, it's so complicated. Um, And there's no way, unfortunately, to quote unquote prevent this, although preventative measures could be taken into account. But it is important to identify it and educate and gain that self-awareness in order to prevent a relapse or it from worsening. So when this comes down to OCD and eating disorders, I tend to find BDD and BED or bulimia, anorexia, um, all kind of fall into the same category. So when you think about it, I've realized this with myself, that I have this beautiful cocktail of mental illnesses going on all at the same time, can sometimes get very overwhelming and flustering, but it all comes down to repetitive thoughts and compulsive ritualistic behaviors. And people with eating disorders are more vulnerable to comorbid diagnoses like anxiety or OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. So given that some of the overlapping traits and features of eating disorders and OCD, you know, it could be hard to differentiate the disorders. And similarly, people might present with both disorders, making it harder to distinguish one from the another. So it could be helpful to know the differences, to gain a more comprehensive understanding of how your behaviors present, and also 
like help you make the right informed treatment interventions for you. So OCD, which I was diagnosed with once upon a time, um, I was also on medications for it. This is characterized by intrusive repetitive thoughts that lead to compulsive behaviors. And these behaviors are usually intended to alleviate the anxiety associated with the obsessions. The content of an individual's obsessions and specific compulsions you engage in can vary across presentations. Um, many OCD cases present differently in person to person. So as mentioned earlier, eating disorders can consist of symptoms that characteristically are similar to the symptoms of OCD. Specifically, people with eating disorders can experience repetitive thoughts, such as a girl, like about food and body image, other ritualistic behaviors. So examples of these behaviors could include body checking for any changes in shape and size, frequently weighing yourself to check for changes, avoiding foods associated with fear of weight gain, and engaging in rituals around food intake, like cutting food. I used to chew my food and then spit it out. Also, um, and I was weighing myself the last maybe like eight weeks because I was on keto and then I noticed myself, I gained like four pounds. Um, so now I'm just avoiding the scale at all costs because I know <laughs> I don't want to torture myself any more than I really have to. So if you have a history of eating disorders, I would really tread lightly when it comes to dieting and weighing and measuring your food, um, even weighing your food. So the important distinction between OCD and eating disorders lies in the relationship that you would have with your thoughts and actions. Um, a person with OCD is typically in an ego, dystop- like dystoic relationship with their thoughts and actions, meaning that they find the obsessions and compulsions and conflict with or aversive to their identity. In an eating disorder, the relationship between the individual and their thought and actions typically is egocentonic, meaning that the person feels aligned with these thoughts and behaviors. So this makes a big difference in treatment and in diagnostic criteria that people with OCD are typically highly interested in ridding themselves of their thoughts, whereas someone with an eating disorder may may feel more tied to these components of their disorder and feelings since it feels like part of their identity. So I just thought that was interesting. I just kind of wanted to shed some light on that from my own personal experience as being someone that has struggled with quite literally all of these components of these different um, disorders and mental health conditions. So I wanted to let you know that even though I have education in this and experience in this and I talk about these things, like I deal with this stuff on the regular. And it's it's not to sound all hopeless and get frustrated because I definitely have days where it's not on my mind at all or greatly reduced. It's like 1%. And other days where it's like, all I'm thinking about and I have noticed it's kind of um, like folded over into my sex life where lately I've been kind of embarrassed to be naked in front of my boyfriend. I haven't been as willing to have sex with him or I've been kind of more avoidant and just feeling really down on myself. And I realized I have to have patience and give myself a break because it's not realistic to expect myself to be perfect and look perfect all of the time, right? And what I might picture as looking perfect for me could be a completely different, quote unquote, perfect for you. No one is perfect. And it's really important to have some empathy and compassion and allow yourself to fuck up and make mistakes. There's always room for growth. Um, There's always room to develop and improve and to learn. 
from our history and from our patterns. And it's all about breaking that cycle, whatever that might mean to you. So all in all, I would suggest, you know, shedding any stigma or shame and stereotypes you might give yourself for struggling with these things. It really is okay. People struggle with this shit all the time. They just don't have a name or a label or a diagnosis to give themselves because they're either either in denial or not educated and have knowledge about this stuff. So getting the wisdom to get the self-awareness and that insight is the first step. And then when you have that knowledge, you quite literally have the power to make a change. So seek help. Go to a nutritionist, an eating disorder therapist. Go to a doctor. Um, You can get this under control with perseverance and commitment. It might just take some time and a lot more kindness and love to yourself than you think you might need. So seek help, tell a friend, find a support group. It's all about breaking that mental health stigma and that shame that comes along with it and is associated with dealing with these things. It's okay to not be perfect and it's okay to take care of yourself. So I will link some resources in the show notes. Thanks for listening. If you can relate in any way, shape or form, know you're not alone. I'm here for you. Reach out and connect with me on Instagram at sex and spirituality pod. You can send me a voice memo and I will include it. If you give me permission, you can remain anonymous and I could put it in my next show if you're interested. And I hope that you like this episode. If you do rate, subscribe, share, tell a friend, and I will talk to you in the next show.